No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Hey, everyone. Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Osiris. So cashertrade.org is disrupting the secondary ticket market. They've been called the Airbnb of tickets. They help real fans like you and me avoid scalping and purchase tickets for face value. Like you and me. Together, we're the change this industry so badly needs. Go to cashertrade.org forward slash Osiris and get 25% off a year of gold membership. 
The gold membership comes with the option of receiving push and text notifications each time a ticket is posted that you're looking for, which is pretty cool because a lot of times tickets will post and you're not paying attention. You're not on the site all day and then you don't see it and they get bought. Well, if you get the gold membership, then I guess it pushes a notification to your phone and you'll see it as soon as they come available. So this is their way of making the money that they need to guarantee that the fans will have what they want. Yep. And you can also reply immediately to those He's notifications. Stuck. He's stuck, you guys. Darn. It's your chair and his the table. No, he's not stuck. He's just not walking. No, he was. Okay. Anyway, Sorry. you can reply immediately to those notifications and gain the renew feature to bump your post to the top of the list, increasing your post exposure when looking for hard-to-get tickets. So, yeah. Again, go to cashortrade.org. That's one word, cashortrade.org forward slash Osiris. And add the coupon code Osiris, O-S-I-R-I-S, when you check out to get 25% off. And yeah, take the fucking tickets back, guys, because at every show I go to here, I see people standing out front going, tickets, tickets. And a couple shows ago, I think it was Dark Star or maybe it was Tedeschi Trucks. They were selling tickets for 300 fucking dollars standing outside. Mm -hmm. And there was family out there that couldn't get in. Mm -hmm. And that's bullshit. So buy a couple extra tickets, put them on cash or trade. And take the fucking tickets out of the hands of those cocksuckers. Got to take the power yeah, back. Yeah, if it's your thing, that's... Take the power back. <laughs> Darwin agrees. Christmas. It's Riders. Hi, guys. Hey, now, No Simple Road family. We're back. From the porch. It's Sunday. And but it's Sunday to them. But it's really Saturday in real life. <laughs> it's a time machine. No simple road is now a time machine. Go ahead, Apple, do it. Make it's it's, it's Sunderday. <laughs> Saturday day. Saturday day. Hi guys, we're glad you're back with us, man. And this week's episode is super cool. We got to talk with. Jeremy from Jammin' on Tie-Dye. And so if you don't know who these guys are, follow them on Instagram at Jammin' on Tie-Dye Studio. Um, Jeremy is one of three brothers that heads up that whole thing. And they do tie-dyes like I've never seen tie-dyes done before. Um, and it's cool to hear his story and his journey. What, Apple? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, their whole crew. It it's a cool thing to to hear. So before we get to that, the wonderful podcasting business stuff. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes, guys. We need your help. Calling all family. Uh, hit up whatever application you are listening to the show on and leave us a review. So we're, we're asking, yeah, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Podbean, I don't know. I can't think of, there's a million other ones, but whatever. Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music are the two biggies. Like, leave us a review on there, guys. We need it. Um, you know, five-star reviews are awesome. You can leave five stars and then tell us that we suck. If you want, that's fine. But just leave the five stars because those help, you know, get the show out there. It gets us up in the rankings. It gets 
you know, more people to find out about the show. And that's the goal is to grow the family and have more people Why, feel good. Because you'll hear in a minute when I start reading this letter, this touching letter that we got, oh. why it's important to grow the family. So yeah, leave us reviews on iTunes. And then follow us on Instagram at No Simple Road if you're not doing that. It's pretty cool. Me, Justin, our involved in that you know putting up content for that thing and we have a good time over there so check it out and then Ryder's been doing the whole YouTube thing and converting our uh, audio to video which is weird how do you make sound a picture but he did it and he put it on YouTube so go over there and subscribe to the channel and hit the like button guys and let's see nosimpleroad.com you can hit the family tab and on there is the newsletter and the number to our voicemail so the newsletter I will not blow up your inbox I will not send you a bunch of bullshit it's a way for you to kind of join the inner circle of our crew and find out the doings and happenings of No Simple Road and the family here and I'll run stuff by you ideas for the show and stuff like that every once in a while and uh, you'll know about new merch first and stuff like that. And then, um, you know how we ask you guys if you have any like, you know, you need any love thrown your way. Maybe you're going through a surgery or somebody's going through something in your life and you want us to send some love. Well, this is a voicemail. Oh, that you're talking about. Well, um, I was just talking about in general, like oh, if, okay. however you guys get to us. Remember, Ryder was talking about the angels and all that. So a few episodes back. So I'm just asking for a little bit of love our way. Um, I have a really great friend out there who's um, struggling with some health issues, and we'll just leave it at that. And then um, one of our family members also. And so just you don't got to do anything special, but maybe if you think about No Simple Road, just like send an imaginary heart or light or some kind of love our way for those people in our lives, um, personally in our lives that uh, need that extra boost. Or if you want to send a trip report or an idea for the show or somebody you think that would be a good guest or something like that, you can go to nosimpleroad.com and click on the family and there's a Google voice number there. It's a voicemail. And we read all that and respond to all of that. You can also text us through there too, I think. So yeah, that's no simple road.com click the family and all that goodness is there no not yet and then also at the bottom of the page there is the amazon link and you guys know the story there if you click through that link if you're going to go on amazon to buy anything you can click through that link and we get a small portion of whatever you spend on there it's a way for you to help us out without having to spend money you weren't normally going to spend um and then also at no simple road.com is the stickers and the shirts. We still have shirts left, guys. They're still whoa. What was that? They dropped something at the construction site. Anyway, um, stickers and shirts. We still have some shirts left, and there's only a few. So if you were thinking about getting one, I'd do it now. Um, yeah, and you can get the hand logo stickers and all that stuff. Cool. No simple road. Join the family. Rep it. Wear it. Live it. Yeah. Know it. And last but not oh yeah hashtag no simple road with your posts and what Apple? Oh my goodness, dude! Okay, first of all, you little strawberry cutie, strawberry queen <laughs> at strawberry queen on Instagram sent us the fucking coolest Bertha painting 
So Aaron came home whatever week she sent him a... This week. Oh, this week. No, we got it this week, Mm -hmm. but the day that she sent us an email was maybe a week prior yeah. and was asking where she could send a piece of art to the No Simple Road crew, which first of all, what a freaking sweet, amazing little blessing. But so Aaron was like reading me the letter that she sent. And then so we go on Instagram and look at her stuff together and we're scrolling. And I was like, oh, my God, look at this awesome one right here. How beautiful this is. So we're looking and then flash forward to this week he sends um you know everybody on our um, nsr group uh message a picture of this artwork and it was the exact same one that i was adoring on her page so synchronicity well i'm just saying thank you so much for sending such a beautiful piece of art and yeah like totally vibing with your what you're putting down and he put it in a temporary spot because we're gonna put it on our jerry wall so check it out as we darwin darwin is a freak and (laughs) freaks out like a cat if there's reflections or anything miniature or anything with wheels or he's just weird or anything new that we yeah and i brought the painting into the house and mel put it up on top of this buddha that we have and darwin lost his goddamn mind he was barking and his hair was staying he was like who is that why are they standing over there? he didn't know what it, and was. it was like a, like midnight yeah. or 11 30 and his at night. nails are scratching on the floor and apples trying to sleep and oh it was hilarious anyway so we had to take it down from there and, i moved it um, and it's it's sitting above our cornell uh record cover that's on the wall in our living room and i'll send you a picture of it strawberry queen thank you so much for that and i really love what she said too about her and her man that when we are their entertainment they're, they, yeah that that's what they listen to when they're driving yeah that's, that's cool they, man thank you so much that's yeah we're glad to drive with you guys while you're driving around. and also mike from Wicked Awesome Ooh, sent us a yes. wonderful package of love and stickers and magnets and cool shit and dude Instagram community <laughs> has been so cool to this yeah. podcast and shout you, out to yeah. Instagram you guys because it's like looking at these amazing things and I um, Mike at Wicked Awesome I tried to buy a sticker um, but it was already sold out and it was the same day or, or I just couldn't get on and you happened to send us a sticker of the one I was trying to buy for Aaron um, so thank you so much synchronicity again synchronicity these um, family on Instagram thank you so much for yeah, reaching the, the out Grateful you Dead guys. and musical community on well, it's on so Instagram. Much bigger yeah, than the, the Grateful just the Dead, whole the whole thing, the musical yeah. community, this whole no simple road thing like all of it has really been welcoming Thank and, you. and helped this show grow so much and you guys are amazing and we love you a lot. And we also got that letter from he who shall remain nameless that I'm going to read too. This was really personal guys and wow. It, it, yeah, it was really cool. I'll read it for you. Hi, Aaron, Mel, and Apple. What's up, dudes? Wanted to take this space to let you know what a difference your podcast is making to me. Or even get your advice. I guess I'll take the time to leave a bunch of shit here. Would prefer my name to remain anonymous, but wouldn't mind if you felt you wanted to read this on the air. Well, I felt, so I'm reading. First off, let me say, I first listened to the episode on LSD World Peace, who I followed on Instagram and always thought was super out there, super psych. I then decided I might as well just start from the first episode and start from scratch to see what you guys are all about. Some standouts to me have been the Duncan and Psychedelic Milk episodes, as they really touched a deeper chord for me. 
This is in light of the fact that I have not done a ton of psychedelics, but was deeply into weed from age 20 to about four months ago. I'm 35 now. Initially, I stopped because I heard weed alters your sperm and count and motility, and my wife and I are trying to conceive. It's been about four months now without the influence of it in my life. I always felt it was a very positive and amazing thing. Do not feel there is anything wrong about it. But as time went on trying to have a family, I thought it might be the best to try and clean up. Since I was relying on it creatively, I do graphic design and write music. Hey, me too. I figured it would bring some insight. In this way, a sober mind has become quite psychedelic for me. There's nothing really to go to except to go deeper inside myself, which ultimately I'm enjoying, but it's really boring otherwise. Ultimately, if we don't conceive soon, I'm going to go get myself checked out, but find myself excited to eventually get back in the game. Aaron, did you have any issues conceiving based on all your tripping, heroin use, etc.? Is this too personal? No, it wasn't too personal. And I answered him back about that. Should you say? No, man. Well, maybe other people are. Yeah. He's wondering. Yeah. I'll, I'll, no, no, I'll read, I'll read my, my response to him. <laughs> I think we romanticize drugs without thinking of the futures we will one day want. Not something that people talk about, how drug use does or doesn't affect fertility. Maybe something to ask a doctor, but do you know anything? Facing a few things soberly, my dad, sick with cancer, and one of my best buddies is my age and has a brain tumor, who's a musician I've jammed with for over 10 years, who I would never jam- who I will never jam with again. This is tough. I've had some darkness around that I don't fully understand, and I find your show to be a comfortable and inspiring place to go and find your honesty so uplifting. Your show about you and Melanie and your love lives has almost brought me to tears. I found myself zoning out within the amazing quality of love. I'm so deeply in love with my wife and hope to be where you both are at in 20 years. Shit, man, any advice or response could help me. Not sure how to connect with my friend who can barely speak in full sentences as I watch him dying. Also, I may send over some jams and improvisations we did. They are truly beautiful and will never be replicated again. As an artist, I feel it's very hard for me to desire to put myself out there and to feel that social media feels like a big lie or a distraction. But then I experience your art, which has made a big impact. Well, the show is helping me grow. If I'm ever in Portland, I'd like to meet you and the family, if that's even possible. You guys are really helping me with my outlook and reminding me of the importance of love and kindness, which feels so lost in the world, but is still alive and well. I guess you just need to know where to look. With love and light. Yeah. And so I wrote back. Wait, but you wrote this really beautiful response to him. So read it. All right. So here's what I wrote back. Boyd, thanks for taking the time to reach out, brother. We're honored and stoked that you feel the connection with the show and with us that you do. Believe me, we feel it too, man. Getting the opportunity to speak with and get to know the people that have inspired me and us and that got us podcasting has been a real trip. Dudes like Duncan Trussell and Ed Liu have been so extremely welcoming and down to earth. I was amazed that they even came on the show in the first place. And then to hear that those conversations are doing something for other people, well, shit, just makes me smile. In answer to your question about fertility, no, it's not too personal. We're family. I never worried about it, to be honest. I did a mountain of heroin, smoked bushes of herb, snorted and shot bags of cocaine and ate hundreds of hits of acid and ate a ton of mushrooms. I was young and very stupid. 
I always thought I wouldn't live to see my 30th birthday, so I never really cared what it was doing to my body. When Melanie got pregnant with our son, she was initially worried about issues stemming from my past drug abuse, but our son was born completely healthy and is a total badass. I'm not sure how much of the info out there on cannabis and how it affects fertility is trustworthy, to be honest. You gotta remember that we're dealing with a Prohibition-era government that lies through its teeth regarding the benefit, so I can't really put too much trust in their info about the harm. Most of the people I know are cannabis consumers, and a ton of them are parents, and I know they smoke or ingest cannabis in some manner. All of them have happy and healthy kids, so I'm dubious at best to think it can hurt your chances of getting someone pregnant, but I'm no medical professional to be sure. It's funny, the timing of your email. I just found out my dad's not too well with a non-cancerous tumor in his head. Crazy. As far as your friend is concerned, the advice I'd offer is this. You and your friend are connected on a deeper level than any verbal communication could ever be. You've shared the experience of playing music together and have been friends for over 10 years. What connects you two is much deeper than noises that come out of your mouth. Your presence with him, being there in the same room, thinking about him, writing about him to me, are all ways in which your connection transcends the verbal. Hang out with him and your dad. Spend as much time as possible. Hang out there. Listen to music with him. Chill there and read a book. Listen to NSR with him. There's a whole conversation happening. I am sure that is well beyond words. All you got to do is listen. And when the time comes for them to pass, be happy for them that they've moved on from this world and are free to soar. We get sad when someone passes because we miss them, we can't talk to them or speak to them. But the truth is, they're all around us and always there in our thoughts and our memories. They've gone ahead of us on the path to whatever waits at the end of the ride. Be stoked. Sure, you'll mourn, but do it with a smile. I don't mean to sound preachy or callous, but I'm dealing with the same thing right now in a way, and I'm telling myself these things as I write them to you. I would absolutely love to hear the music you guys made. I'm sure you heard me say on the show that when I put out the first episode, I freaked out a bit. It's really scary to expose yourself in front of everyone. But if I hadn't done it, we wouldn't be exchanging these emails. I would never have had rad conversations with my heroes, and I would have missed a bunch of opportunities to grow and change for the better as a man and a human being. Being creative is hard. We're our own worst critic, and that's okay. Just don't let that critic shut you down. Give him a nod, respect whatever his opinion is, try and find the nuggets of truth in what he has to say, and move the fuck on. If all the other artists, podcasters, musicians, and writers let their critics in their heads shut them down, this would be a very drab place to be for sure. So I say, all that long-ass ramble to let you know that I'd be honored to hear the music that you and your buddy made. I hope you do wake it, make it up this way sometime. If you do, let us know and we'll break bread and hang out. I know it's hard out there, man. Believe me. I gotta believe, though, that we got this. I mean, shit, we'd better, right? Try not to let all the noise cloud what's really going on on the inside, underneath, where it matters. Be well, my friend. That was awesome. Thanks, man. And that's why we've been married for 20 years, baby. Aw. You Thanks. have a way with words. I'll always be a word man. Better than a bird man. No. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, thanks for that, man. And know that that kind of feedback and those things, uh, we all hear it here and we all feel it. And thank you. And if any of you guys that are listening 
want to write in and you feel like it's personal, just know that hearing that, that we take it serious and I do my best to try and respond to all the stuff that comes in. So thanks. And man, just reading that made my head spin a little bit. So we're going to get to the interview and do our thing. All right. So guys, this is a really special interview. Jeremy is a amazing dude and super talented and his road has been strange and weird for sure and he's helping decorate the world that we live in and it's something beautiful to behold so yeah anybody have any final thoughts words enjoy. This is a fun interview. yeah cool all right guys enjoy and we'll see you at the end Bye. so yeah without further ado i give you jeremy on your headphones apple come on man this is this is a professional operation we got going here man what's wrong with you you hear me can you hear me now can you can you hear me yeah i hear you what okay what's in the bowl what'd you load this is gobbly goo gobbly goo 3.5 grams of gobbly goo from who's it from it's from Mother Earth. Yeah. Gaia. That's who grew this. So, yeah. Right on. Let's call Jeremy and see what he's doing. Okay? Yeah. You want to do that? I think we should. We're supposed to be interviewing Jeremy, so that'd be a good idea. Wow, that's loud. That's really a super ringy. Now it just died. There we go. Jeremy? Yeah, you guys can hear me now? Yeah. What's happening, man? Oh, you guys are still having some coffee? Dude, I'll tell you, the time change is no no fucking joke, right? Man, what's up with all that? Do we even really need it? Like, it just, like, jacks everything. I'm going to say probably no. (laughs) I I, I think it's a made-up conspiracy to just... Yeah, it's to to keep us tired and off balance so that they can control our minds. That's what it is. Well, good morning, man. Have your coffee and talk to these two weirdos over here. Yeah. I'm Aaron, by the way. And I'm Apple. And that's Apple sitting next to me. Aaron and Apple. Yeah. The double A. The double A. Yeah. Well, actually, triple, because there's two in my name and one in his, so triple A. All right. We'll come pick you up if you get a flat tire. We're missing (laughs) Melanie this morning. Yeah, Melanie had to work, and we're bummed. But we're going to do our best to try and make this happen without it. So um, let's do this. Let's start with, I think I know you, actually. (laughs) You know me. I think so, man. I think you and I ran in the same circles. You grew up in Vegas, right? I grew up in Las Vegas, yep. Yeah. Las Vegas and Salt Lake City. So did you... Did you go to high school in Vegas? Las Vegas High School. Okay. Damn. I, your name is super familiar, man. Like, you in in the punk scene in, like, the 80s? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Wow. I have two brothers that I run with, too. My little brother, Benjamin, Saint Rebel. He was uh, really big into the punk scene. We used to hit the Huntridge all the time. Yes. Okay. Um, my friend, Johnny Bangs, he he uh, he had a band there 51 in 50. Vegas. Yeah, and uh, his other band was uh, Fuck Shit Piss. 
Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's how I know you from Danny and and Johnny and yeah. wow, small world, man. Like small back fucking in the world. day, brother, before I even knew who the Grateful Dead was. <laughs> right. And, no, and then everything changes. Well, that, <laughs> yeah, somewhere around look. 1991, I went, oh shit, look at these colorful then, ass, <laughs> cool people. That's what we both tripped on. Aaron discovered him in 89, and then he brought me on board in 91. My first show was in Vegas. Yeah, that was mine too, was uh, Santana. Yeah, for my good. first Vegas show, yep. Was that the, was that the show... With the the thunder thunder and lightning during drums in space. That was actually the was next year. That 92. was with like uh, I think it was Steve Miller. Yeah, and and yeah, he played. They played Cold Rain and Snow, or I think it was Cold Rain and Snow. And the cloud comes out of nowhere, comes over <laughs> the Super Bowl, like and rains on all around the Super Bowl, but not on the crowd. And then right? when the song was done, it moved over about. 50 yards and disappeared. It was and crazy. Not, I remember I, I looked over at Apple. Not in the sky. Totally. And I'm like, dude, they just conjured weather. <laughs> Jerry <laughs> controls the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, I saw yep. Bobby do it. I saw it happen. I was there. He just wiggled. He he, he wiggled his nose like bewitched. Yep, yep. And, then, and his little <laughs> finger in between, in between strums on the guitar. The knee. Yeah, he did he, his knee. <laughs> It totally <laughs> happened just like that. It was so crazy. So yeah. let me, <laughs> your, your first experience in 91, what, how did you end up there? That's, that's what I want to know. So I, um, I, I come down from Salt Lake city where I was a DJ on the local radio station up there. And I had just freshly lost my job. Cause I said the F word in front of the wrong, um, advertiser. And they're really Oops. uptight about the F word up there, you know, being from uh, LDS Mormon land and all. So I get fired. I'm like, some bitch. So I go down to Las Vegas because my brother says, hey, there's this really cool band coming to town called the Grateful Dead. You should come down and see them. I was like, okay. So uh, we go down there and um, he's doing tie-dyes with this other kid named Sean. I didn't even know what a tie-dye was or the Grateful Dead for that matter. And I had like one tie-dye lesson with my brother and then, uh, or with Shaw and my brother. And then we kind of took it from there. I, I remember my mom loaning us some money so we could buy dyes and some t-shirts. And, and we did a, a bunch of them on the kitchen floor and the kitchen table. We had probably 20 or 30 of them. Right. And then, and then showtime comes up. So we rolled to the show on a Friday, you know? And I remember I didn't even get in the first day because I didn't have a ticket, but we sold every single tie-dye that we had like wow. before the show even started. I was like, wow, what is this all about, you know? <laughs> and then there's the craziness of the parking lot, you know? I didn't right. even make it yeah. to the show. It was just I got wrapped up in the craziness of the parking lot. I remember the ice cream truck. There was an ice cream truck because it was Las Vegas, super hot. Uh-huh. And, and, and it's playing Van Halen, right? <laughs> I'm your ice cream man. Stop me when I pass you by. Okay. I'm your okay, ice cream I'll man. Yeah. Stop me when I pass you by, right? And I, and I hear it getting louder and louder and louder. And then I hear it going away, going away, going away. And I just right. remember, like, what the heck is this all about, you know? And everybody raging. 
And then the next day I ended up getting into the show. And that's when I saw my first very Jerry show was Saturday. So it was like, was that it? Like, that was it for me, man. Okay, I'm on. I used to be like super into heavy metal, you know, at the time, because this was like 91, 92. Like I just cut my bullet, still had the leather jacket. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't totally cross over right then, but it got me because I went I walked around the show in Vegas and I just remember it being so hot and naked ladies everywhere. Well not totally naked but topless anyway. And yeah. people just smoking the reefer and so many rainbows and I went, Wow, this is nothing like the Metallica rat poison show I just saw, you know? Right. Like, this is a whole different world of awesomeness right here. And and that kind of crossed me over, yeah. And then I jumped on it. I, I started it doing tie dye, and and I went into this whole rainbow land of coolness, <laughs> you know. So but what I was thought, it about the the dyes that that dragged you in like that? What was the the thing? I mean, obviously the they're amazing and fucking magical, but for you, like, what was the thing that made you want to get better at it? I had never made something with my hands and sold it immediately. Like, and, oh, wow. and, and people like gravitate to what I do for some reason. Like they really, really love it. I mean, granted my stuff's good and I've perfected it over the years, but even right at the get, like, like we sold them immediately. I went, wow, how, how am I doing this? You know, I've always had a job, you know, as a, as a teenager, uh, you know, Kentucky fried chicken and village in i did short order cook stuff i worked at a car lot i got a job at a radio station but it's all a job you know nothing you ever made with your hands and sold it right that just blew me away that i could create something in this world and people wanted it and people actually asked me for it and people were giving me money up front before i even made it i was like no way that's how this works <laughs> yeah if there's something about that gratification of when you create something, be it music, a podcast, or you know, a tie dye, or whatever, and then people latch onto it, that there's no feeling like that, man. That right. that's like this cool exchange of energy, and there's, there's that's the highest form of praise, as far as I'm concerned. And I was hooked, man. Immediately, I was like, oh my gosh, people will give me money for this. I'm so making yeah. another one. And then, and then I make another one and I make another one and I make another one. And, and I got this crazy dynamic with my two brothers from the same mother, even right. We, we have been, um, we all kind of learned within a year of each other and got really good from 91 to 95. And we're constantly trying to outdo each other. Like Jammin would make one, right? And, right. and he'd be like, oh, yeah, check this one out, and he'd sell it. And then I'd make one, and I'd be like, boom, got you. And then I'd sell it for a little more. And then Paul, my other brother, he'd come in, and he'd make one. And we'd both laugh at him, and then he'd sell it for three times as much, and he'd laugh back at us. And so we had this uh, whole cool dynamic. Like, we were always in competition to see who would make the best dies out of this run, you know? Yeah. And then and then even the worst die, here's the really funny thing, you guys. Even the worst, crappiest tie-dye, we'd call them a crack die. We would lay them right on top. Nobody wanted those. You know, we'd tease each other over them. They were always the first ones to sell. 
Isn't that uh-huh. funny? Like the stuff I'm like that with everything I do. Every like the worst shit is the stuff that Apple or Mel will be like, that's amazing. And that, that is the coolest the thing I've ever seen. Yeah, he'll, he'll draw something and throw it in the trash can. And one of us will grab it and be like, what are you doing? He's like, that was just a doodle. I don't like that. Yep. Nope. So after, did you like go on tour and, and start following him around? To, to do your business or was it that something very that you were first doing just year a, the very uh-huh. first year I just um, I did Vegas shows and then I went down to LA and I did LA shows and then I went up to Oakland and did those shows and then I was off tour and and I kind of like went wow that was just crazy time but you know the dead used to play three days so I got right. like eight days of seeing Jerry and the boys within a oh, two week span you know and so okay. I was just wow, 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 I'm gonna ask wow. You, and that's ask you when crazy. That's when I'm we gonna all ask like, you a crazy question. So go ahead. So you talked about like going and seeing Metallica and Rat and all that, right? I saw all yeah. those. So what all is it? What, what's the what's the fucking thing? <laughs> Black Sabbath, Maiden. Yeah, totally. What's the thing, man? In in your head, what's the thing that like besides the lot and the colors and the smells? Like that, that made us do what we did, like follow them. Cause that's not normal, dude. No, it's, it's not a not. normal reaction <laughs> at all. I'm going to, I'm going to just like put all my everything to the side and go follow this crazy band and tear it up. Right. Have some fun yeah. with this. Yeah. Jump so on the bus. The Get what's on the, the bus. Yeah. I don't know. You know, well, for one, for me was I was I was able to make something and sell it with my hands. That was a big attraction for me. Um, right. The other the other thing was you know how how the whole Deadhead community embraced what I did, and and I felt like that was a place for me amongst all of it. You know where I could yeah I could like shine it or I could be accepted. I don't know. Maybe it's a tack thing or a group thing or whatever. Like I felt like embraced by the community of Deadheads. Whereas, say, Ozzy and Metallica, I was just another black T-shirt in the sea of black (laughs) T-shirts. You know? All angsty. All all angsty and teenager. (laughs) And and these guys were all just like about, you know, loves and hugs and having fun and and dancing and that and just rainbows and, you know, everything that went with it. (laughs) Everything that went with it. Nobody was fighting. Nobody was like... <clears throat> trying to beat each other up. There was just, it was, there was a lot of love in that whole thing. I felt, you know, it's kind of love, family man. in that thing. Yeah. Dude, and and it was just the, a whole different scene too. For me, it was a whole different scene and I really dug it. Yeah. I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's so much to it. There's so much to it. It's not, you know, I mean, you got people taping, you got people making tie dyes, you got people that are selling stickers, you got. Oh, fucking, yeah. Then, then there, now we haven't even mentioned the music yet. Grilled like, cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was people that made it on tour with grilled cheese sandwiches, like made it. Dude, we made it doing <laughs> tattoos out of the front of a fucking school bus. <laughs> there you go. Who's going right? to get a tattoo in a school bus? Come on, man. 
And the more I got into the scene, the more my tie dyes became a thing in the scene. Um, yeah, the more I just jumped, jumped in more and more. You know, I tripled and doubled down on what I had. I spent every freaking dime I had on dye and uh, t-shirts and cloth, and just did my craft. And so, how did the going. band find out about your your wonderful work, man? How did how did that happen? Um, well, that's a cool story. Let's hear it. So there's an organization called Rock Medicine. You know, rock yeah, Medicine. Rock Med. Yeah. Rock Med, right? So what Rock Med is basically it's a bunch of volunteer medical doctors that are the buffer between the venue and the police. So say you fall down, you skin your knee, you need suntan lotion, you need a tampon, you uh you know, you get dehydrated, you lose your friends, you take too many drugs, whatever goes down with you, you end up at Rock Med. You go to Rock Med. It's free. They right. only ask for donations. Um, well, they have a tent, and it's called the Tripper Tent. It's where, you know, you get too tripped out, you lose your friends, whatever. Rock Med babysits you, basically, and makes sure you're not a danger to yourself or others. And they let you come down off whatever you come down off. They reunite you with your friends and send you along your way, all peaceful and calm and stuff without involving the police or the venue or security or whatever. That's now, if so you bad. are a danger to yourself or your friends, well, they will take care of that, too. But a big, huge man comes up to us on a golf cart. We're in the lot. He says, hey, who made those tie dyes? And I'm like, we did, you know. And he goes, well, come with me. So he hops me on the golf cart and he takes me to Rockman, takes me to the tripper tent. He says, see, see this tripper tent? It's all white walls. He said, I had a whole chest of tie-dyes that are just gone from the last show. And I cannot babysit these trippers looking at white walls. They freak out. I need tie-dyes on the walls. Oh, wow. Holy shit. So... The next show we come and is this was like Vegas. He does this. And then at Shoreline, the next set of shows, me and my two brothers, we show up with tie dyes. Not only did we cover the inside of the walls, but we covered the outside of the walls and we tie dyed a big red cross and we made a rock medicine banner and, uh, Bob and, and, uh, Dave and uh, Mike Perry, like all the cool guys from rock Med, They said, well, you know, uh, what do you guys want? And we're like, well, we want to get close to the dead and show them our tie dyes. And they said, well, you just become volunteers with us and we'll get you closer to the dead than you will ever get any other way. Wow. So the next thing I know is like, we're like official rock med tie dyers and they put the laminates on us that, you know, we couldn't wear outside of our shirt, but it got us through every gate, everywhere, every place. The thing is, you know, I could stand backstage, I could stand side stage, but I couldn't stand there for longer than five minutes. Okay. And if I saw anybody in trouble or if anybody needed assistance, it was my duty and my job to grab them and take them to Rock Med. If Rock, Med, cool. if Rock Med needed any help loading or unloading at any time, it was my duty, my job to help them. And that was my in. That's how I, that's how my brother got in my other brother and me. That's how we all got in. And, you know, Benjamin was really the one that like got us in there and kind of pulled me and Paul with him. He was, uh, he was like Ben's student, you know, cause Bob was the man and gave him the first laminate and like said, so come then, on, let's do it. <laughs> so then the band sees your stuff. What happens? Well, once, once our stuff gets seen, you know, then, uh, 
then next thing you know, it's like, oh, get it up on the gates. And then we were introduced, uh, Ben got introduced to Candace Brightman, and she ran Industrial Lights and Magic for Grateful Dead for, I don't know, 30 some odd years. Oh, shit. And uh, we got a bunch of pictures, uh, slide photos, you know, that we put on a CD because CDs were just like brand new and we, we were able to give it to her. And next thing I know, our stuff is mixed in with all the background that she does, you know, in the big circle on stage, they would show the images. Oh, wow. And, and you would see one of our titles would flash in there, you know, and that's kind of how it started getting in there. Is that like electrical shock down your spine? You fucking standing out there and see that? Like, Dude, it was so nuts because I'm hitting my brother and he's hitting me and we're all pointing at the screen going, look, there's a 40 foot high poly. What the hell? Right. Holy shit. You're like, man. bro, that's your tie dye. Like, and there's just the sea and everybody, you know, got to see it. All of them saw it. So, and then it happened again and then it happened again. And, you know, like, yeah, it was nuts. That's crazy, man. So, like, just going from a kid in the lot making shirts and then all of a sudden your shit's on stage. Like, I can't even imagine what that. Yeah, well, all of a sudden was a couple years. But, yeah, all of a sudden it was like a couple. Oh, yeah, time. It's crazy. (laughs) You know, it didn't just happen like two days later. But, yeah, it took a while. But we we did. We were were able to get noticed and get in there. And then our work, uh, you know, just kept compounding that 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 brother dynamic of the three of us trying to outdo each other really propelled what what our art form is today. That's what I was going to say. I mean, that's that's another incredible layer on top of the story you're telling is that you got to do the join in this family, the dead family with your family, with your brothers. Yeah, yeah my the brothers from the same mother. It was freaking great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and my so, mom has been my biggest fan. She she loaned us the money to buy our first, you know, dyes and shirts and said, go after it, boys. Get it. You know. Oh, that's badass. And still to this day, she jumps up and down and tells everyone that will listen about her boys that tie-dye for the Grateful Dead. <laughs> is she the one that does the quilts, or is that somebody else? Yeah, she, she does the quilts, and she helps run okay. the uh, Las Vegas Jammin' on Bakes store. Wow, wow, so the whole family thing. Wow. Yeah. That's, a that's like, huge blessing, man. My bro- I had older brothers, and... <laughs> Our, our thing out doing each other was how much drugs we could do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did that too. <laughs> it was never fucking productive, man. I Yeah, you're super <laughs> blessed, dude. That's fucking cool. That's really amazing. So, like, what happened in 95? Like, when everything kind of went tits up. God, it went tits up, didn't it? I remember yeah, that day, man. So Holy shitty. shit. We were tie-dying in the summer. We were getting so ready for it. I was rinsing out some shirts. I'm holding them up. I'm like, oh, my God, this run's going to be so good. And my buddy Johnny Love comes up. He says, hey, man, our brother died. And I was like, oh, my God, what do you mean? He goes, no, bro, our brother died. And I'm like, no, my brothers are standing right here. <laughs> And then I got it. And I was like, oh, my God, oh. man. And everything just stopped. Like, I jumped in my 1969 GMC three-on-the-tree van with seven of my friends, and we drove from Salt Lake City to San Francisco. And I was at the memorial in Golden Gate Park. I hung tie-dyes up on the goalpost. I had Wavy grave me, walk, walk me through the bleachers there so I could say my respects. 
I got in the conga line that Mickey and Billy went around the whole Golden Gate Park there, and we formed, like, this great big drum conga line. And, you know, we shed a lot of tears and went, oh, my God, it's done. It's done. Yeah. What do we do, you know? That's it. <sighs> done. So what happened? So where where to then? Like, well, where to was I? I went back to Salt Lake City myself because that's where I was yeah. staying at the time. I went back there and I kind of kind of laid low and and, and reevaluated my life <laughs> pretty much. Right. You know, so I'm like, wow, yeah. okay. The bus, uh, the tires just fell off the bus. It's not going anywhere for a minute. And. Uh, then I got into a head shop called Wizards and Dreams in Salt Lake City, and I was selling my tie-dyes out of there, working out of the basement, and learning how to be a merchant for real, not a merchant out of the uh, back of my car, so to speak, but have a brick and right. mortar. I was managing this head shop, and uh, this is when glass pipes were just becoming a thing. Like They had just come off tour, and the world hadn't got a hold of glass pipes yet. You know, hand-blown, right. like, snodgrass pipes and Jerome Baker and these guys. And I happen to know those guys from tours, so I grabbed a whole bunch of their pipes. And I brought them into Salt Lake City, and we started selling them. And we were the first store that was selling glass pipes and my tie-dyes in, in this conservative Mormon world. And we were crushing yeah. it, you guys. Oh, my God. I made so much flipping money. Oh, and the other thing was tweakers suck stickers. And t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> Tweakers. I remember suck. that uh, shit. Yeah. That was you? <laughs> no, I didn't make them. I didn't print them. Okay. I found the source and I knew what a tweaker was from Tor, like uh, in Vegas. And, and the, of course. So I just capitalized on it, man. You know, I just, I saw an opportunity and it sold. So I tripled down on it and I put all my money back into buying more product and sold more product. And I, I rolled that till like further Tor. I think it was further that came out first, or was it Phil and Friends? About a year, year and a half later. Or maybe it was The Dead, yeah, or the other one. I think it was the other one. Because there's been so many different incarnations of that, you know? So, on that note, I mean, yeah, there has. There's been so many incarnations since Jerry passed away. And for me, when, when... Go ahead. I remember Dave Ellis playing in that first run with his saxophone just magic yeah yeah wow i haven't thought about that in a long time it's been a while that's, right? yeah that's some beautiful shit right there yeah there's been so many incarnations since then and it seemed like i don't know to me it was all beautiful and and magical but nothing stuck you know what i'm saying there it totally it, something just one was just off. And Jerry then, was missing. And, yeah. <laughs> Plain yeah. and simple. And Jerry then, was missing. He was not there. <laughs> Plain true. and simple. And there was yeah. so many people that were like, what do we do now? You know, like, what do, do we, we go do on now? fish tour? We follow widespread go on panic? Fish do we, tour? Yeah. And, and I did check out some panic shows, and but I, I never did like fish that much. So I didn't it, do that. Isn't that a weird thing, man? Like Apple and I have talked <laughs> about this on the show, like the whole fish thing. I never got it until I saw him play it fairly well. And then I was like, I need to check these guys out again and went to a show and was like, ah, oh, shit, I missed 30 years of some amazing music. Like, <laughs> so right? it's kind of, it's kind of like the same thing as the dead. I guess you got to be at a show and have that moment. 
Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, and then I always had that bias because I was such a Jerry fan and, and such a Grateful Dead fan. Like, and Fish was not replacing it for me. <laughs> I was oh, one no, of those people. Oh, no, like cheating on your girlfriend almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> no, it was totally cheating on your girlfriend. It's like, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. <laughs> That's what we had a friend just... over last night that said that was, I'm a Grateful Dead snob. Like, you, you were you on? It's like, no, nothing else will do. This is it. Yeah, this is it. And, and only live dead too, damn it. <laughs> yeah. You know, these studio albums are cool for learning the lyrics, but, uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of like that too. Yeah. They, they announced fairly well. Like, were you involved in any of that that happened or. Interestingly enough, um, fairly well was epic for me and my company. We made 50 grand that weekend on tie dyes. Holy shit, man. Our friend, uh, my friend John Warner, he was in charge of all the vending, and and uh, with with a nod from the dead, we were able to get a booth inside of the venue, in the Chicago venue, not inside inside, but inside the grounds. And if you remember, you could get inside gate, but you couldn't get back <laughs> out. But you could run around the grounds on both sides of the right, stadium right. and inside the stadium. So we had a booth on uh, the north side of the stadium on the outside in the grounds and it was like the perfect storm like i couldn't even believe it we set up our booth in a horseshoe we had a big 40 by 40 booth and i had four guys running credit cards as fast as we could and i was stuffing money in the till as fast as i could and we had two girls bagging uh people's purchases as fast as we could like we couldn't keep up for three wow. days straight it was nuts it was such a blessing for us like dude those to, those to be able were, to be part of that yeah that was an incredible experience dude that was i've i mean we obviously have done the dead thing and it's who we are and part of our life but that particular group of shows there such was something magic magic that happened there man there was you could you could taste it in yeah. the air oh yeah and, the fireworks and 4th of july and, wow oh my god dude i was oh just laughing god. i was sitting in my seat <laughs> high as fuck and just cracking up like is this fucking real right laughing now? and crying at the same time yes like, what totally. the hell am i even watching this is so good with that fucking big band. Da, na, 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 yeah. And like, it was so you... good to see Bobby and Phil and Mickey and dude and Billy all on stage just stoked. And Mickey yeah. says, you know, remember to be kind. Like And take this with you out into the world. And take this with you out in the world and share it. Like Man, it was seventy five thousand people. Yeah, yeah. seventy five thousand of us. And the fu- dude, I still like on the very first episode or second episode of this podcast, like I went back and found recordings of when everybody was walking out in the tunnels, clapping yeah. the not fade away yeah, chant, not fade away. Yeah. Holy not shit, you. man. It was so Craziness. good. It, it was, was so good. Talking about M- Mickey on the fucking truck, truck horns. horns. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm totally to looking. Aaron, I was like, are we seeing this? Is that really, am I really seeing Mickey playing truck horns and all this going on? Yeah, it was crazy. I'm looking at the candle ticket right now. Man, that yeah, it was a the whole ticket thing. stub so, that had the candle on it. I'm looking at it right yeah, now from that show right on. screen in my room. Yeah, yeah, I have I'm looking mine at it safely right now. tucked away. 
So then they announced that Dead and Company's happening and that John Mayer is going to be playing guitar with them. And personally, I was like, okay, you know, if, if Bobby thinks that, that John Mayer can, can do his thing, like I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. It's weird. It doesn't fit, but let's see what happens. What did, what did you think? I went wahoo. I jumped up and down. I threw my hands up in the air. I was like, wahoo. Cause uh, <laughs> you guys, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a closet John Mayer fan. I think we all are. Well, yeah, I'm out of the closet now because he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always loved him. Like when he did the Crossroads festivals over the years, and so, I mean, he did some amazing guitar work. Right, he's freaking awesome. And and now you know the life that he blows into what this is with O'Till and Jeff Chimente, and of course the Ugh. boys too. But I mean, like what they're doing right now, I feel is the best that I've seen since '95. Like, I agree. This this is so amazing. Like let O'Till sing. Oh my God, Please, he's so yes. good. His he gives me goosebumps when he sings. Like it's it's like Jerry days, you know. I yep. um, I just saw the New Orleans show that George Porter came on and played three songs with him and just raged. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Um, were those shows just in, incredible down there in New Orleans? Like, what was that like? Oh, my gosh, you guys, the New Orleans show. Wow. So it's kind of like my birthday month. And um, I did a fashion show in Salt Lake City the week before the New Orleans show. And then we rented out the Howlin' Wolf and we did a fashion show at the Howlin' Wolf the night uh, before the shows. Is that where you had that coat for O'Teal? Yeah, yeah, I had O'Teal on my runway and Eric McFadden on the runway. Uh, George Porter, Papa Molly, and O'Teal all played at the Howlin' Wolf. What? And uh, it was, I couldn't even believe it. These guys were like, yeah, we want to get in on this. I'm like, okay, let's set you up. Makeup, hair, get on it, bam. You know, O'Teal <laughs> wow. was like, I want to be part of this. I was like, I want you to be part of this. Here, put this <laughs> coat on, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no I'm, shit. And, and O'Teal, you know, I, I've... I've been friends with him for uh, a couple months, you know, gave him some board shorts a while back and, but he, he really loves our stuff and I got to be really good friends with him that night. And, uh, he's, a, he's an amazingly, he's a cool cat, sweet man. human being. Yeah, man. He, we asked him to be on the show through Instagram and he was like, yeah, we're yeah. fucking nobodies, man. Like what? Okay. O'Teal's coming on our show. And like, we've texted back and forth since then. Like, I'm like, yep. okay, my life is fucking surreal now. He is, is, he weird. is such a cool cat. I love O'Teal. He likes my stuff on Instagram too. I'll post and I'll see boom, liked by O'Teal. I'm like, Oh, it makes me feel all important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, totally, man. Yeah. So then I go to the shows, right? I go to the death yeah. shows. And I'm rolling with all my models and stuff, and just amazing show. Like I said, George Porter, he he um, comes out and plays three songs with him in his just bassy, craggly voice, and it's just it was so good. And they played some crazy voodoo dead stuff. My friend Jonathan Singer, he does all the back lighting and whatnot, you know. And and Reagan, Chris Reagan, they do the lighting and visuals, right. and he did a bunch of crazy dancing skeletons and. Like really voodoo daddy stuff, you know, and just just really heady daddy. So those that the, so, the New Orleans show was the one I caught. It was really good. So really crazy story, you guys. And this 
this is nuts. I'm walking right. back from the venue to the Howling Wolf with uh, my models, you know, and just making sure I got my girls with me and I'm making sure they're all good. And right at the Howling Wolf, uh, a couple of my girl, Casey, she breaks off from our group and we're like three blocks away. And I'm like, I got to go see what Casey, cause she's on her own, you know? And so I send the other girls in the group to the Howling Wolf. Casey rolls up on this kid and he had kicked a window in and sliced his leg wide open. Like he was squirting blood. And I rolled up on him. Casey's what? like, what do we do? What do we do? And I'm like, I don't even know. She's all, I'm on 911. She's calling 911. And I asked the kid, I said, do you have a belt? And he goes, yeah, I got a belt on. I said, we'll take it off right now. I wrapped it around the top of his knee because he sliced himself on his shin, right? And I, and I wrapped a tourniquet around him and I put my t-shirt, made him take his t-shirt off and stick it on his leg and hold pressure. And the, the cops and the paramedics showed up and this is right on the corner of Julianne and, uh, to, to I think it's called anyway, in, in downtown New Orleans after the dead shows, like, and, and the, the paramedics all showed up, but you guys, luckily the guy was breathing. He was conscious and he hadn't bled out, and I and he I really think life. we saved his life, like wow. quick thinking Boy Scout status. So I had a really crazy, intense dead show experience, and that was like the topper to it all. You know, I had O'Till on my runway, away. <laughs> and then I save a guy's life with Casey's help. She she spotted the wow. kid, you know, and she was the we were first responders to it, but I couldn't even believe it went down like that. So I mean, we just glossed over it, but like you're setting up fashion shows for for your dyes like that's which is amazing that's a man, big deal man that's that i mean renting a venue for your your art like that's no small feat you know and then you got O'Teal and these people playing like fuck man how do you i guess what i'm curious about is how do you put it together man like it just seems like so much you know, you, you you got a good team behind you, I guess, yeah? Oh, I got the best team, man. My jamming family is so good. These guys are so all on point. I can't even describe how awesome the people are on my team. Like, they really That's... make my team, you know? Aww. They make my team. They make me, yeah, my man. brother, my other brother, Jen Jen. Like, they make this whole thing awesome. It is such teamwork what we do um just it like shows. there's the three of us are kind of the face of it you know but we're 20 people deep that makes this work and so where cannot, are you guys based out of uh we're all based out of san francisco right now uh novato oh, cool. actually up in i don't Marin. know why i thought you guys were from hawaii i don't know what the hell i was thinking so that's part of my team is from hawaii interesting story our first our very first fashion show that we threw was a party okay on Hawaii at a place called Voyage East. It was uh, sorry, in Haiku, uh, which is on Maui. And we had Bill Kreitzman play the party. What? Holy we hired God. him up, right? And, okay. and at that weekend, he meets Papa Molly and Billy Kreitzman meets George Porter and another kid named Matt Hubbard. Matt Hubbard is Willie Nelson's uh, son-in-law. And he plays keys, and that's how Seven Walkers was formed, if you know anything about Seven Walkers. Yep, yep. That all happened that weekend, and, and you know, 
we, we had a new year's party that we threw and, and we were like, well, let's throw a fashion show. We're a clothing company. Let's showcase our stuff. So we did it. Right. And yeah. we got all our Hawaii friends together and we dressed them all up and we built a runway and me and Ben and Jojo all got in our, uh, coats that we made. Uh, we went and bought, you know, suit jackets with, with, uh, tails and puffy painted them and sewed patches on them and <laughs> like got after it. Right. And, Billy Kreisman played the party on drums and uh, what the fuck? We, we made Rolling Stone magazine as the last New Year's Eve party that you could get to before, you know, the time change. So you could like right. see it in, in San Francisco and fly to uh, or see it in New York and fly to uh, Maui and still do another party. <laughs> <laughs> but the cops on Maui, they they shut us down at like three o'clock and I remember what the for? cop coming in. Well, cause we just went past time, you know, it's three o'clock oh, okay. in the morning. They're like, dude, come on. Curfews too. They had shut down every party on the Island, but ours, we were the last one. And it's because they couldn't get to our party because all the cars were parked everywhere. And it was just mob uh-huh. scene. <laughs> and the cops ended up coming in through the back door and actually the cop, the Hawaii cop put his hand on Billy's shoulder while he was playing the drums and gave him the, you know, hand to the neck. Cut it off, man. You're uh, done. Sign, right? And Bill's like, whoa. Oh he gets up. He's like, what the hell are the cops in here? And they're touching me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and these are big Hawaiian cops. Like, you don't fuck with them, you know? No, those fucking Hawaiian cops are no <laughs> Dude, joke. Huge. That's no fucking joke. Huge fucking Hawaiian cops. Like, you know? And yeah, freaked Billy out. Freaked all of us out. Like, oh, shit. Like, party stuff. But that was the Party's first over. fashion, first fashion show we ever threw in 2008. So, and that that was the start of it, you know. And it's just fucking blown up, man. Like yeah, I, so I follow you guys on Instagram, and it's like daily. There's something new, something amazing happening. Like, what what a cool thing to to get to do that with your brothers and have this family. And you know, that's the thing, man. Like, the Grateful Dead community is. I'm obviously I'm biased, but the Grateful Dead community is the most amazing family on the planet. I say it when we're at every show, like I met, we're at Phil and friends here at the crystal ballroom. And I just look around, I'm high as high as a kite. I look around and I'm like, these are the most amazing people I've, you could possibly be around. And then you get to do this thing with your family. And then not to mention everybody loves it. Yeah, that's the thing. Man, everybody loves it, or, or at least the ones that do. You know, Jerry Jerry did a quote, and I was just telling somebody the other day this. He said, deadheads are like black licorice. Not everybody likes black licorice, but the ones that do really fucking do. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there ain't no place I'd rather be, that's for sure. Like, right? Just hanging yeah. out in a pack of black licorice with all these other kids. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Gobbling that it, shit up. It's, it's really awesome, man. Yeah, this family is like none other I've ever experienced. He's been gone. Jerry's been gone, what, 26 years now, something like that. And everybody still sings his songs. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. still uh, trying to play him. Okay, Trey is and John is and O'Teal is and, you know, like that man left a legacy on this world. He left he left a psychic mark on this world like, on the planet. Yeah, Crazy. everybody debates on who does it better. You know what? Everybody's playing his stuff still. 
Mm. And there's a yeah. debate on who does it best. That's how good it was. That's how good it yeah. is. And, and always I know, will we be. We were talking. We were talking to. Oh God, I forget who it was, but a younger, a younger head, and he was like, "You know what, man? It bums me out that I feel I'm always going to feel like I missed out." And I was like, "You know what, dude? I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think you missed out because I feel him at every show. Totally." Dude, and I so know happy. that's a super <laughs> cheesy fucking weird thing to say, but it's, it's a real thing. Like we were at shoreline last June and I, they're in the middle of help slip and you know, they have those amazing visuals on the stage now. Yeah. And totally. like my eyes are closed and I'm jamming and I, and I kind of like blink and open my eyes and I see Jerry on the, on the screen. And I was like, Oh wow, that's cool. They just flashed Jerry, like peeking over his glasses at everybody. Right. And, and then I feel like this breeze come through shoreline, like cool breeze. And I was like, wow, he's here. And then I watch back the video. They never flash shit on the screen <laughs> and everybody saw everybody it. Saw yep. It. And everybody saw it. And I, whatever, man. Okay. That shit happened. Jerry's I don't care what anybody at every show. He's at yeah. every show, man. Could you imagine the, the band they got in heaven right now? Oh my God. Hendrix. <laughs> Hendrix Morrison. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude, all of them. All of them, you guys. It's wow. <laughs> and Jerry's so, up there jamming. And he looks down at us and he's just stoked that we're all still dancing, dancing in the street. Yeah. All this love that's left. And that's one thing, too. Like with John and Jeff and O'Teal and Joe Russo and Dark Star and all the, like, you know. Phil oh, yeah. and Bobby, those guys are not going to be around forever. I got, I hope, you know, as long as possible, let's, let's keep it going. But the music isn't going to stop. Never, never going to stop. Man. It's been passed on and passed down. And, and there's so many millennials that are amazingly talented that are coming up that want to carry it on. And, you know, this family is just growing and growing. And, and it all started again, I feel like when Fairly Well happened. Yep. Yeah. And like I said, I love, love, love this incarnation of the dead right now. I am such a fan. Yeah, it's me too. so good. I am such a fan. What do you guys have planned as far as upcoming tour? We're going to make it down to Eugene to see him and possibly the Gorge, but we're still trying to work that out. <laughs> well, um, my uh, my brother just got back from doing a site walk at Lockin. We will be doing a fashion show in Garcia's Forest late night. That's going to happen. Oh, fuck. We are, we are also going to try and get as many uh, rock stars as we can on that runway. And, um, you know, I know a couple guys, so I think we'll get a good turnout. <laughs> just, just a little preview. That's going to happen for sure. Um, okay. We're, yeah. we're also looking at doing uh, the Shoreline shows for sure. We'll probably have something inside the venue there. Um, I want to go do the gorge and uh, Eugene for sure. All right. Yeah. So we'll get to I meet in person, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're going to get down to LA too and do the forum shows. Yeah. We're looking, we're looking to have a, something at, at Eugene, like a, a little no simple road family meetup thing where we have like a 10 by 10 and do a live thing out there and, you know. Do you guys have do you guys have any um, do you have any white cotton hundred percent cotton no simple road t shirts? You should send them to me. I'll tie dye a couple for you. 
Okay, I'll make that happen instantly. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So, so next time you wow. do your your thing, you know, you can rock some jam and tie dye with your Fuck logo yeah, all over man. it. Thanks, John. I would love yeah, to do that for you. Badass. Thank you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Not I'll just you two. You know, if you got some other people in your crew, as long as you don't load me up with ten dozen, I'll do them too. There's there's four of us, man. Perfect <laughs> deal. I'll do yeah. that for you. Sweet brother. All right. So. What's coming up in the in the future? What's the what's the grand vision for for the company, man? Well, the grand vision for our company, and here's some exciting news. Oh my gosh, you can't even believe this. So, with the nod from the Grateful Dead, we have Grateful Dead official licensing. That's huge. That means that now my board shorts can have dancing bears, steal your faces, and Grateful Dead on them. My button-up shirts can have dancing bears, steal your faces, and Grateful Dead on them. Any designs that I make now, hats, hoodies, all of that is all officially Grateful Dead licensed merch. So that's my big thing now, right? This year, we're going to launch that line. We're going to be ready to launch it here in just a minute. Y'all be able to buy it online, and then you'll see it at all our booths this summer. And that's really what we're going to push. And all your stuff is online. What's the what's the uh, website that people jamminon.com? J a m m i n o n dot com. Jamminon.com. And. So what what kind of stuff is is on there right now? Um, right now, jamming on is all our collection of tie dye, all of our uh, one of a kinds. We also have sets on there, meaning you know, small, medium, large in the same tie and same okay. color scheme. But tie dyes, none of them are the same. They're all a little different, no matter what, because each one's handmade. But I have like uh, board shorts on there, bikinis are on there, um, oh, jackets wow. are on there, hoodies, hats, um, tapestries, t-shirts. Oh, and my tapestries. There's some serious artwork on there as well, dude. I have originals as well as copies. Um, the the fucking those tapestries, the the mushroom tapestry that you recently did that you unfolded it on instagram that was amazing oh thanks you guys thanks yeah that was my new run i was really inspired to like get after it the beginning of this year and i made a few of them and uh, we were just wondering how how does that work i mean because you kind of know what you're what design you're going for but i mean every time you open one of those it's got to be a surprise to you also i call it hippie christmas (laughs) <laughs> yeah because seriously like tie-dye has to batch for 24 hours when you're done doing the fold the tie and the color and all of it it has to sit for 24 hours that means overnight so i'm always like waking up in the morning in this kid-like anticipation state i kind of <laughs> know what it's gonna look like i got a really good idea but i haven't seen it yet and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm cutting the strings. I'm all, yay, 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 here we go, here we go. And open it up, and it's like Christmas morning. Bam, I get to see it, you know? And that's that's part of what keeps that's this awesome. thing so interesting and awesome for me, like all the time, super good like that. Dude, I just remember, it, it wasn't even at a show. Like I, I always wondered, like, how come people wear fucking tie-dye? What's the big deal? And then I was tripping at a friend's house, and... One of the kids there had a tie-dye shirt on, 
and it was like moving and the colors were vibrating and i was like oh I now get i get it, it. see I, <laughs> that's completely different than it was four hours ago like i can't even imagine seeing that mushroom you know i it's, it's beautiful when i'm sober sitting here but that thing hanging on your wall would come down and crawl all over you oh i'm sure of it i'm, I'm one of these days i'm going to test drive it no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have you have like a laboratory. You could just lay on the floor and go for it. <laughs> yeah, I do, man. And I got this big warehouse in Novato, and I and, and it's the jamming on tie dye studio, and I hang them all around the ceiling, you know, like up above. And man, it's it's quite an intense experience walking into my studio some days. I'll bet you could feel that stuff vibrating all around. That's fucking yeah, cool, man. It's a good time. It's a good time for sure. Well, hey, brother, yeah. I appreciate you fucking hanging out with us, man. Super cool. And I will definitely um, make sure that you get four shirts because awesome. I want a jamming on tie-dye original. F- yeah, I'd yeah. love to make you guys one, too. You know, and Thank hey, you, thanks for having me, you know. Like, that's this is really cool. It's my first podcast, uh, and I'm super stoked that I got yeah, to do it here. It's been no simple right? road. Hey, the, thank the, you. Well, the connection just from all being from Las Vegas and stuff too, and stuff that that's cool. The punk scene, the metal scene. Something and, good does come out of Vegas. And, and just congratulations right? to you and your brother, <laughs> to you and your whole family, man. Congratulations and thank, thank you, you for sharing you. your art with us. It's it's just amazing. Thank you. It's you know it, it's it's years of lots of hard work, man. Really, it's it lots and lots of hard work and and years of it. Like I've been doing this tight, I think. 27 years now holy shit like yeah i made my first tie-dye in 1991 and i'm just so blessed and fortunate that people still love it (laughs) and i get to do what i do in this life you know it's just blows me away i'm so grateful and thankful like follow the all the time yeah yeah Yeah, for (laughs) sure all right brother well we'll talk to you soon we'll see you in eugene for sure oh yeah you got it all right man we'll talk to you soon Have a grateful day. You too, man. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening to the No Simple Road podcast. It's a proud-to-be part of the Osiris Podcasting Company. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcast, connecting music fans like you with conversation, commentary, and music. Check out OsirisPod.com to check out our family of podcasts. Osiris partners with Relics Magazine. Check out Relics.com for music news. And check out me at jamminon.com.
Hey listeners, I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of the Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.